What is up, True Selfie fam? It's Brooke, your host, and I am pumped about today's topic. But before we dive into what I believe to be a true word from God for you today, I want to let you know that there are plenty ways to support this podcast. What you are doing right now is supporting it just by listening, and I appreciate your listen. But there are other ways to support by sharing on your social media platforms, leaving a star or review from wherever you are listening from, or by financially supporting. Whether it be through clicking the More Feature tab, you'll see a link that says Support This Podcast, which gives you the flexibility to do small monthly contributions as little as 99 cents. You can also support through my website, brookegunther.com, by clicking the Donate tab, where one-time contributions or monthly contributions are accepted through PayPal or by using your debit or credit card. However you support, I appreciate you. Now, let's dive into today's topic. It's been a minute, right? And so, um, when I tell you the excitement, I literally mean I am just so pumped to talk about um, the topic and continue the topic on excuses. Um, We all make them. I make them probably weekly. There's something that I'm like, God, I just, I don't want to, or I can't, or um, if you're like my kids, it's daily. And so um, I think excuses is a topic that a lot of us find ourselves in, and I'm just excited to talk about it. So we're going to actually talk about a story in John, and it's chapter five, and it is the healing at the pool of um, Bethesda. And the funny thing about the pool of Bethesda is it was believed to be a place where there would be um, like stirring or troubling of the waters and whoever was able to get into the waters first would be healed of whatever um, disease or um, condition or illness that they had. And Um, We find ourselves here in um, John 5 meeting a man who was just paralyzed and um, he had been this way for 38 years. Now, I'm 33 and there are many points throughout my life where I have been discouraged and, you know, I've waited months for something to happen or years to see a fulfillment of a promise or just something in my life and I've gotten discouraged you know I've I've been to the point of hopelessness I think many of us can relate to that you know you've been praying for someone you've been praying for something and you've been praying for months years 10 years you know whatever that is whatever that um, number looks like for you and you know this discouragement and hopelessness kind of settles in And there is a spirit of passivity or a spirit of um, hopelessness that kind of overtakes us. And what I find in this man who had been, you know, paralyzed for 38 years, like that's a long time. And I just imagine him being so hopeless. Um, You know, I just think like the first you know, a couple of years 
that he was waiting for those waters to be troubled to get his healing. You know, he was excited and, and I could imagine him just like crawling to the pool. Um, but then after, you know, countless times of, of not making it or not being quick enough or not being, you know, strong enough to crawl in front of others and seeing other people get their blessing or other people get their healing. And this man is just sitting here waiting for 38 years. And I feel like he had to have been discouraged and just started to settle, you know, in his condition. And um, before we even talk about what excuse he gives, I want to encourage you guys today, like, you may have been waiting for a really long time for something to happen, for the the situation to be, you know, changed or stirred or the, the waters to be troubled. And there is a, a frustration that sometimes rises up within us or a hopelessness that settles in or, you know, a condition in our heart and in our mind where we just think it's not going to happen. Um, but can I tell you, and I'm going to encourage you in just a moment with a verse in, in this story, um, God is hasn't forgotten. He has not forgotten about what you're praying for, what you're hoping for, the thing that you're, you know, waiting to see fulfilled, the child that seems so lost and bitter and discouraged, you know, there's, he still remembers what he's promised you. And I think the condition of this man who had been, you know, laying next to this pool, he wasn't even laying next to the pool. We actually see that he's, um, you know, I think on the porch maybe. And so, he is just, he's exhausted and he's just like, you know, I've been here for this long. I'm just, you know, doomed. This is, you know, woe is me. This is where I'm going to be the rest of my life. You know, I can't even get, you know, this to happen. And, and so he's just have, he has this hopeless attitude. He has this settling in his spirit. And can I remind you, um, that God doesn't want you to settle, um, his eye has always been and will always be on you. He knows what condition you're in. He sees your frustration. He knows that you're discouraged. And sometimes you're hopeless. And sometimes you, you know, maybe doubt that something's going to happen. But um, just like this man, we're going to read here, there is hope for you. Whenever we put our trust in Jesus, we will always have hope. And so we're going to read here in verse five, it says, after this, there was a feast of the Jews and Jesus went to Jerusalem. Now there is, now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate, a pool called Bethesda, which has five, um, roof porches. Um, and then in these lay a multitude of invalids. So people who were blind, lame, paralyzed, something's just wrong with them. And they've been that way. One man who was there had been invalid for 38 years. Okay, so that's who we're talking about today. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, do you want to be healed? Now, I'm going to pause for just a moment because I, first off, Jesus always asks questions, I find, (laughs) whenever he's moving about on the earth. He's always asking questions. And when people ask him questions, he's always responding with a question. 
I feel like questions are his way of causing us to kind of dig deeper into the root of, you know, why we find ourselves in situations. And I think in this situation, in this particular chapter of John, we see Jesus asking him a question that says, do you want to be healed? I mean, this man has been laying here for a long time. It's very evident. Um, God knows. And today, let him ask you that question and let it sink into your situation. Do you want to be healed? Do you want to see change? Do you want whatever it is that you're hoping for? I think that question really boils down to challenging, I guess, this guy's desire. Like, do you want to be better? Like, it's not a question, you know, he just didn't come up to the man and say, you know, you're healed, stand up. He didn't just heal him and touch him. He said, do you want to be healed? Do you want to change? I need to see the desire inside of you. Are you willing to put in effort? I think our society, we see it even more so as, um, I see it even more so as I'm getting older, that those that are coming behind me, you know, they want to get paid for things, but they don't want to put in effort. And, you know, that's just not how the world works. And I think that so many times as Christians, we believe that, you know, God is going to touch us instantly, or we're going to have a moment in a service and God's just going to deliver us from, from all of this stuff. And I'm not going to have to do anything. I'm not going to have to change. And that's not how God works all the time. I do believe in, you know, instantaneous moments where God can move through the Holy Spirit and people are, you know, changed and, and set free and, and all of that. I believe that. And I, I go into a worship service believing that it can happen every single time. Um, But I also think that we've come to this point of laziness and passivity where we're like, you know, if God, you're going to do it, you're going to do it. There's nothing I can do. Or, um, you know, God, you're going to send me someone. And if you don't, like, it's, it's all on you. Or I, you know, I shouldn't have to work for my, you know, promise. But you have to want, you have to desire, you have to be willing to put your trust and your faith in Jesus, but then you have to back it up with, with action items, with things that you're doing um, to go inside with your faith. Faith without works is dead. You have to put in work in order to see God move. And I think that's what um, Jesus was telling this man, like, do you want to be healed. You're laying here on the ground for 38 years. I want to know what your desire is. Are you going to put in effort and be healed? Have a testimony you want to share? There is a response to salvation and that is sharing where Jesus brought you from. So what's your Jesus story? The Bible says we are overcomers by the blood of the lamb, which was Jesus and by the word of our testimony, which requires something of you. There's an action that you have to do to overcome this world, and that's only through your testimony. So are you sharing it? Listen, we are about to start a new and exciting series where God is gonna be glorified through testimonies of people just like me and you. And we wanna hear your Jesus story. 
To be featured in this series, go ahead and submit your typed up testimony or your Jesus story to brookeunther.com under the Connect tab. You will be notified if your testimony will be featured in our new exciting series. We can't wait to hear from you. So Jesus was just challenging this man's desire, trying to figure out what the root cause and if there is anything inside of him that wanted a better life. Um, You know, for you to have a fulfilled life, to see promises come into fruition and all of that, you have to have that desire. You have to put in the work. And so um, in verse seven, it says, the sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I'm going another step down before me. So he's saying like, I don't have anyone, God, to put me in the pool. And when I'm trying, another person is always in front of me who makes it in before I do. And so that right there, my friends, is the excuse for today. We're going to call this um, excuse like lame, like this is a lame excuse. This is a lame man and he's giving a lame excuse. Now, his excuse has some, you know, validity to it. There is, I mean, yes, he doesn't have anyone to put him in the pool. That's a valid statement. And yes, there are other people who are getting in before him. Another valid statement. Like I said, excuses are valid, but they, at the end of the day, it doesn't, Take away your responsibility of what God is calling us to do. So although he's giving these excuses, I can't, I don't have anyone to put me in the pool. Um, I can't, every time I go, someone else steps in before me. Like these are lame excuses. And um, what God says and what Jesus commands him to do next, it says this, Jesus said to him, get up, take up your bed and walk. Y'all, so Jesus asks him a question, challenges his desire, okay? This man gives an excuse. Jesus' response to his excuse is a command. While your excuse is valid, it doesn't take away your responsibility to still do. And Jesus hears the excuse Okay, it's not like he interrupt him, you know, interrupted him. It's not like, you know, he, I feel like he heard him and he understood, but that doesn't change the power that he, he has the power and it doesn't change the power that is in us. And so instead of like babying him, dismissing him, he responds with a command, get up. Take up your bed and walk. And I feel like when I hear this, I'm like, you know, how many times we give excuses, you know, to God and say, you know, I just, I can't, I don't have the right people. I can't, you know, my husband's not on board. I can't, my children are wayward. I can't, I don't have the money. Um, You know, the list of excuses could go on. I can't, I'm afraid. I know you've called me God, but I have so much fear of speaking in front of people or I have fear of what people are going to think about me. God, I have this pride inside of me. I don't want people to think that I'm, um, 
you know, not cool or I don't, I don't want to let my like image down. Like there are a boatload of excuses that we can give God and he hears them and he may be like, yeah, I see why you're, I see why you're saying that, but his response to you, do it anyway. If I told you to do it, do it. And God, Jesus told this man, get up, take up your bed and walk. And then in verse nine, it says, and at once the man was healed and he took up his bed and walked. And as we continue on with the story, we actually find out just a little bit, a few verses down that the man didn't even know it was Jesus in that moment where he, he received that command from him. He didn't even know it was Jesus at that point in time. I think that is so crazy because so many times we're like, God, if it's you, like, show me a sign. (laughs) Or is that just me? Um, But Jesus was practically, was standing right in front of him. And this man had no clue the power that actually was like in that, in him. And yet he still responded to the command. I just find that so like, like mind blowing that he responded so quickly. He didn't argue. He didn't come back with another excuse. He didn't even know it was Jesus. He just said, he just got up, (laughs) like literally just got up and had faith. And not only did he have faith that he was healed, but he had action. He stood up. And what I think is so powerful is You know, think about a man who hasn't walked in 38 years. Like, I just imagine, like, bones probably, like, lopsided or, like, him trying to walk. I mean, you see babies when they're little. They're trying to walk and it's, you know, they fall. They take a few steps and they fall. Or, like, they're unbalanced, right? And so I think about that and I think about a man who has been laying on the ground for 38 years and he stands up um, without question and he just starts walking. And how awkward he probably felt, how awkward he probably looked. But I'm telling you, he didn't care. I think so many times we don't walk in our purpose because we're afraid of what it looks like or we're afraid of how we will look when we you know step out or we're afraid of what people will think when we step out it doesn't matter just like God's or Jesus's command with that man get up take up your bed and walk like walk just go just do it if I told you to do it just do it And I'm just so encouraged and I hope you're encouraged. Like we have all of these, you know, mentalities, you know, it it is what it is. Like, you know, I'm sometimes we, we have these, you know, generational curses or we're grown up a certain way or we're raised a certain way. And we have all of these things that we've kind of carried and drug (laughs) with us. And we're like, you know, this is how I am. I lie because, you know, my, this is, I've always lied or. I'm an alcoholic because, 
my, my dad was an alcoholic or I have this attitude because that's just how it is in my family. You don't understand like the women in my family were just strong and, and this is how we are. No, like let go of that stuff. Sometimes we, we make these, um, like arrangements with things that were thrown on us or put on us, not of God, of the world or of the way we were raised or the way that we grew up or the, the things that we were just, we, we drug with us for so many years and we've got this, it is what it is. I'm this way because I'm this way mentality. And I just want to challenge your desire today, my friend, do you want to be better? If you want to be better, if you truly in your heart want to be better, it's going to take work. It's going to take effort. It's going to take you having faith and making some big decisions to change the way that you are, to change the character traits that have been pushed on you or shoved on you or spilled over from generations behind you. It's going to take effort on your part. I believe God can heal you in a, in a prayer time, in a quiet time, when the Spirit's just on you and the presence is heavy. I 100% believe that God can, can change situations and personalities and things like that in an instant. But I'm talking about when it doesn't happen. I'm talking about those moments where we just say, well, God's not going to do it. If he wanted to do it, he'd do it. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that's what we need to change. Sometimes he's saying, do you want to be better? Do you want healed? Do you want, a, do you want to live an abundant life? Then you have to put these relationships to the side. You have to do some, some monitoring of what you're watching. You have to, to realize those relationships that you're getting in, you're settling. It is what it is, God. I'm just here until you show me who my husband is, until you put him in my church, until you do these things. I'm just going to I'm just going to sit right here. And God's like, "Hey, do you want to be better? Get up and walk. Go. I told you to do it. Do it. Forget about the fear. Forget about what people are going to think. Forget about how you're going to look like when you're trying to figure out your new life. It may look like you're stumbling and you're falling and you're and you're trying, but your legs are just like so unwobbly, but hear the, the, the spirit of the Lord tell you, it doesn't matter. I just want to see you go. Forget about all the other stuff. It doesn't matter. And I want to encourage you with this last thought because I find this so inspiring. You know, I think about this place where this, this pool was, and it says there was a multitude of, of invalids, a multitude of people who were blind, lame, paralyzed, broken, you know, diseases, everything. Whatever your situation is, I want you to think about that. I want you to think about yourself. Picture it right now where you are in a sea or next to a sea or you're standing, okay, you're standing on the porch at Bethesda and there are multitude thousands of people around you with the same situation, okay? Maybe you're a single mother and there are tons of single mothers around you, okay? Maybe 
you're a believing wife that your husband's going to be saved. And there are thousands of wives who are, who are believing for their husbands to be saved. Maybe you're someone who's believing for healing and you have something inside of you in your body that's not aligning to God's word. And you know, that's been spoken over you. There's been a dreaded word, like a health word spoken over you and it's discouraging and it's hopeless. And there are other thousands of other people with that same situation next to you. Just imagine it. And you're thinking, you're looking around and you're thinking, does he even see me? Does God even know I'm here? Look at all these people around me with the same condition. There's no way that God knows that I'm standing right here. I've been sitting in this spot for 38 years. I've been staying here. I've been praying. I've been believing. I'm exhausted. I'm frustrated, God. Does he really see me? Yes, he does. How do I know? Because this story talks about it. There was a multitude of people that had the same condition of this man. In this story, this man didn't seek him out. There are other stories in the Bible, you know, I think about the woman with the issue of blood, who she's like crawling through the crowds. Like, if I could just get to Jesus, he would heal me, you know? And she's just crawling, she's making her way. I'm like, that's a faith-filled action, you know, woman like how awesome you know and there are other there are stories where a man is you know disabled and paralyzed and all of his friends come around him and they load him up and they take him from the they couldn't even get to Jesus so they like climbed up on the roof of a house and dropped him down the ceiling like to get to Jesus desperation right but this story tells us that yes he sees you there are crowds of people but he sought out one man. He saw one man and he had been laying there for so long and he saw him. And I just want to encourage you, my friend, that he sees you. He hasn't forgotten about you. He sees your heart. He knows that you're hopeless sometimes. He knows that you're you're in a settling mentality. He knows that you don't have it all together. But he sees you. Don't ever let the enemy tell you that God doesn't see you cuz he sees you. Let's pray. God, I thank you for this time. I thank you, God, that we can learn from stories in the Bible that just encourage us and give us hope to keep believing, to keep having faith, God. I just pray, God, that this excuse that we talked about today, just this lame excuse that I can't, I don't have this, God, um, all these people come in before me, all of these excuses that this man gave, God, let us be reminded that the excuses may be valid, but our responsibility is still secure and we still have to move. We still have to to do things, God, in order to see your promise fulfilled. We don't have an easy way out just because we give an excuse. God, you still command us. The responsibility as a Christian is still on our shoulders. And God, remind us and strengthen us in these times where we feel hopeless 
strengthen us in these times when we feel discouraged. And God, remind my friends today, God, that that they are seen. You haven't forgotten. And your promise will come to pass. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, guys, I'm excited to come back next week. We're going to talk about excuses, I think, one more week. And then um, there's a lot of goodness coming, so stay tuned.